welcome to the 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 plaques pot the plaque the, the plaques podcaster frogling plaques podcaster frogling <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm Kyle. Thanks for joining. So if you're listening with your kids or your conservative grandma, maybe don't because we swear or some shit like that. So uh, we've got Brad Pinkston here with me instead of Andy tonight. We're, we're going to talk through one hey. of his dicks. <laughs> A less popular one. Yeah, a less popular one. So we've we've talked about we've talked about the most popular deck in Atraxa and how I, I hate my Atraxa. Now we're gonna talk. Well you the, tell the least popular one of that set. <laughs> which I feel is the least popular. <laughs> Probably. It's the, the most deadly. It's the cheapest one to get your hands on. But yeah, fuck. You've you've I don't know. Owned my ass with it, like turned my face over. And Cody's. And Cody's, yes. <laughs> I think Cody had a cut like two or three games with this where he's like, I think I win. I'm like, eh, well, let's just play it out. I, I'm pretty sure you're not going to win. So, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, no, I know what's in my head. You're not going to win. So, what Wait, deck are we talking about here? Brad? We're talking about Saskia the Unyielding. Fuck yeah. So, um, you built Saskia pretty close after like that. Commander 2016 came no, out. No, I right? built it the day of. I had it ready. You had it ready. I had it ready to go. I had the sleeve open. <laughs> I had all the cards I needed. There was a couple I knew were coming in the the actual one. Like I think Irois. I knew Irois was in it, and I was like, I'm not gonna buy a seven dollar Irois if he's already coming. He's in, gonna I'll be the deck. Wait. Yeah. And then I feel like there was a Sunforger in it. Which we'll get into. And then I feel like Oh, there was a Gisela in there too. Oh yeah, Gisela or an Aurelia. They're pretty much the so, same. Yeah, bring, bringing the Boros Angels to the table. Yeah. So something I'm curious about, Brad. Like Andy and I, kind of been we've we've teched a couple decks, and it's been interesting for me to kind of learn how learn about Andy's deck building process. And like, I think it's been interesting for Andy to kind of see what I do. What's what's your strategy when you're putting a deck together because i think you have a different approach than andy and i do um i don't really know what andy's is and yours but just seeing that when people when you play them i kind of feel especially lately that most people are kind of building a 90 percent where or even 95 i feel like some of the decks i've seen right now and what i mean by that is i feel like 95 percent of their deck is directed around their commander and some kind of combo or not even a combo even just a strategy where they're kind of missing just like key components of magic that need to be there like removal board wipes like recursion tutors um so i kind of build mine around more of a 70 or maybe even a 60 percent where sixty percent is based around the commander, where the other the other forty percent is stuff that you just need. Okay. Um, obviously, if you're playing a blue deck, that number is probably going to be greater because I feel like blue needs 
there's a base amount of blue cards that you just need. Like, oh, I need Cyclonic Rift. You're gonna, you're gonna have Ristic <laughs> Steady. You're gonna have, you're gonna have certain stupid counter spells. They're just gonna be there. Yeah, they have to be there yeah. for you to be functional with blue. But I don't know. I can use Prosh for example. There's just so many combos in Prosh where it's like you could just overload it with it, and it's kind of like you're gonna get greedy on it. Sure. And I don't think my Prosh deck is like that. But I feel it's like how much stuff can you put in and kill, you know? And there's a point where it's, nah, you need some core elements there to deal with other people's stuff because it's, in the end, it's not your stuff that's going to win. It's your opponent's stuff that's going to make you lose, in my theory. (laughs) I I think that's a good perspective. And so uh, something I've noticed lately in our meta is we've, we've really dialed back on board wipes. And Which so, I haven't. Yeah, I, I don't. It's almost a rule of thumb for me to you almost always have five board wipes in each deck, right? Because, um, like you say, I think I think it's wise to understand that. Like, for me, the question is usually like, can I win fast enough with this deck? And if I can't, if I'm not going to win with this deck faster than everybody else. I need to have solutions to problems other people are going to present. Yeah, you're kind of holding off at the end of days. Yeah. Till it becomes the end of days again, and then you hold it off again. Which, <laughs> And the more players you get, the more often yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah, and it's, I don't know, sometimes it's frustrating when you have five or six player game, and you're just like, shit's getting crazy, no one's got a board wipe? And in some games, everyone's got one, and every turn that's happening, so... right. It really depends on the deck they're playing, I guess. I feel like Andy does not run that many board wipes at all. <laughs> he runs, like, your Cyclonic Rift, but I feel like... Gosh, I remember we used to cast Blasphemous Act all the time, and I haven't seen him cast that card in, like, a year or It's two. It's been a little while. You I know? mean, he's talked about putting it in his decks that have red, but I haven't seen it played it's, in a while. It's the, oh, I'll get into some of those. Like, I'll get into some of that where I have like these feelings of each color and what cards, <laughs> what cards it's like, okay, there should be a, there should be a 90 to 100% chance that card should be in that deck and that, if you were running those colors, because either it's too damn good or it's too damn good, <laughs> you know, it's, or convenient. I would say convenient is probably the best word. So, uh, with your deck building, you're looking to, like, probably about 60 to 70% of it revolves around the commander. Then the other things are, what are things in my colors that sort of answer the game of Magic the Gathering? Right. Like, board wipes and spot removal. Well, I think a good example is on, as building Hapatra, which she deals with a lot of negative one-on-one counters. And I was kind of, like, I think I used a lot of the search on the the MTT tracker. Oh yeah. Where it was like, Oh, negative counters. And then it got to the point where I'm ordering cards and I'm not necessarily ordering them to put them in the deck. I'm necessarily ordering them just to see like, I might put it in. (laughs) I like the feel of it, but I don't know. And I got to the point where I started putting it together. I'm like, there's too much negative one, one counter manipulation in here. And I feel like a lot of it is kind of pushing it and it's not that effective. Okay. That I, you know, sometimes I've seen decks where it's, all right, well, yeah, that does go to your strategy, but like it's such a it's such a weak effect. Like I can't remember somebody had a mill deck and it was one of the inspires that untap, 
and it's like it untapped and it milled or something and it's like isn't it inspire yeah 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 and i'm like inspire is just so damn hard to pull off it like, is because you have to have a you have to have the ability to get them tapped yeah. to begin with and i'm and, like you could have put any other card in there that would have been better than that card i mean yeah it's doing what you want but man i think your other effects are doing it that's more prob- efficiently probably my phoenix deck. <laughs> yeah like your other your other guys are doing it way more efficiently like i would have just thrown a sudden spoiling in because so, that's just a dance that every fucking black deck needs a sudden spoiling, in my opinion. <laughs> like, it's just it's just too good just to not have. Like, you know what's funny? It's <laughs> funny because, like, whenever you play sudden spoiling, I'm like, shit, I need that in my decks. Why don't I have that in my decks? Like, I don't know why it doesn't Andy hates that cross my mind. He hates but, it. <clears throat> but, I keep, uh, dude, split seconds now. Yeah, having split second just makes it, like, okay, you, ha- you have no answer to this. I don't think they'll ever reprint it. I don't, like, unless it's on the cards they've already had, but I don't think they'll ever play. Cool, we're putting a set with split second. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way. It's it's a it's a cool one. It's pretty, <clears throat> pretty overpowered, if you ask me. Well, but in a game of Commander, like, you, you have yeah. your blue player, like... You need it. You need it, because cause I, I kind of talk about the whole thing of, like, you got to force the blue player's hand. And sometimes right. you reach a point where even if you can force the blue player's hand, you just need an answer that they they can't answer back at you. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't remember what game it was. I think it's I think I've done it to Cody and so, or somebody else on three occasions. Cody plays a lot of blue. Yeah, Cody's like he he plays a lot of blue, but he doesn't. Oh, he's okay with it. I, I think I don't want to say he doesn't know how to play. I think Andy just plays it a little more sharply. I think Andy yeah, plays I, a little more uh, <clears throat> patiently. Andy's a little more experienced. I think Cody gets a little trigger happy sometimes, um, which, which is, is easy fine, to do. Which is fine because when I play blue, I'm like counter. <laughs> Get rid of it. I don't want to see it. So I understand. It's I, I don't. That's why I don't like playing blue because it's it's a lot of patience. But um, I think it was a couple times it's like. He was set up with Tauran where I pretty much knew he had a counter spell in his hand, or maybe three of them. And I was playing either Zada or Grenzo, and I had like the Molten Disaster in my hand, which I was had a more health than him. And Molten Disaster, if I guess I can say what it does. It's an X and two red, and you pay X to deal damage to each creature and each player, but if you pay an extra red, it gets split second. Um, if he's got a counter spell, he can't really answer to it. So I think he got down to like 10 health or something, and I was even at like 15. It was close. It, like it, It's winding down. Yeah, but I'm just going to hurt both of us, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> you know, like, okay, it's final. And uh, I don't think he saw that coming, but I think I've done that a couple times where it's like, just dead. You know, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna, like he's sitting there feeling like <laughs> yeah, I've got like, my there's counter nothing, spell. There's nothing he can't he can touch cast. Me. Oh wait, split second. Yeah, I got, I got <laughs> enough mana. And the game, I think it was like on turn. It was way. I think we were the only guys standing on like a five player game. I think people went home and we were like, he's thinking he's gonna win. And it's <laughs> like I got, wrap this I up. got this card, man. Like sometimes one card can deal death blow. So, so uh, Saskia, like you had your deck. Ready to go, waiting for opening night. Which I was hesitant. <laughs> well, no, because well, on like, opening night we actually well, yeah, we played actually the play out of the box, but like, and it was so bad. It was so bad. It was uh, 
it was really bad. I I remember playing that, and I remember tracks. It was just raping. It was it was just like, <laughs> I, like throwing. I it was like throwing there. a baby in a microwave. Like, it was <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> Uh, I like that description of a track. So it's like throwing a baby in a microwave. I felt like all the decks <laughs> just immoral. They were pretty balanced, but that one was overpowered. I feel like the Saskia deck. Like, I don't think the Saskia deck had one thing in the deck that could deal with flyers, and that's a problem. Um, I mean, it doesn't have blue. It has white. It's got red in it, and it's got black. I mean, I know there's flyers now. I know. I understand the green doesn't have. You know, make but it at least has reach. Like you should, you should have some kind yeah, of answer. I don't to it. remember the deck list. But I know, I know for a goddamn fact that there was not one flyer in the deck, or if there was, there was only one. And yeah, I, you were waiting for that. There angel. was some, yeah, there were some like destroy spells. Yeah, I think one of the angels was. I think it was like a couple of just generalized kill spells. But other than that, you know, if you got a legion of flying, which I believe the Atraxa had flying at multiple occasions, it just flew over your face. Well, yeah, and I think, I, I mean, the thing with Atraxa is, that, like, I don't know, Andy and I have had that discussion, I fucking hate that deck, but... <laughs> yeah, I told you guys. I was looking at her, I'm like, she's stupid. No, like, no, dude, she's dumb. She's Cause, dumb. Because, like, like, kind of the deter- determination that we came to talking about it, and, and that I came to building the deck, is that you want... You want to do Super Friends, that's the best way to do it. But I, I don't like Super Friends. I don't really like Planeswalkers all that much. a bad much. taste in my mouth. And yeah. So anyways, like, what turned you on about Saskia? Like, what had you thinking? Like, shit, this is the deck I want to build. Uh, well, I, I will say the art didn't turn me on <laughs> until later. I mean, I think when I first see the art, I'm like, eh. And then I really like, actually, you know what? That art's pretty metal. You know, like, she's some big burly dude. She's got a... Yeah, the big art. fucking axe too, just like ready to. She's got like a you big tricep. Like you don't want to catch her on the backswing for show. <laughs> um, really, it was her. It was her. It's her abilities. Um, she's a four. She's four mana, which she is absent blue. So she was part of the four colors. So she's black, red, green, and white for three, four vigilance haste. Which, if you think about it, just on the rules of magic, like a four 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 is good. But considering you're paying a, a four three, different colors, to yeah. Do that. But even still, like a three four with two abilities, like vigilance and haste, like that's pretty good. Yeah, she's yoked. But her ability is: it says she enters the battlefield whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player. It deals that much damage to a chosen player. So when she enters the battlefield, you choose a player. And basically, all damage that is dealt to anyone else uh, by your creatures is, is redirected. Not actually, it's not redirected; it's duplicated to that chosen player. Yeah, so you're, it's not you're combat dub- damage. Doubling though. up the damage that's happening. Yeah, it's not combat damage though, which is really important to understand because um, if it was actual combat damage, then she could deal commander damage without even hitting the chosen player, but it is just deals damage. <laughs> but that makes her a little bit interesting in certain ways, and I bet you most people think, oh, Infect, because Infect, you just need to deal damage, not necessarily combat damage. Um, she's really good in the fact that pillow forts like Ghostly Prison, Propaganda, uh, what's the other one, Sphere Safety. Yeah, like No Mercy she can, is another yeah, one. She, like. No, no mercy will still kill him. Oh, that's right, because she's doing the damn. Yeah, All but right. she can. You know, if some guy's got a wall up, 
even of creatures, and you're like, well, I name you, and then I'm going to go at the guy that doesn't have any wall. Well, you're you're basically circumventing all that. <laughs> okay, so that's like to me, that's pretty sweet. Uh, when I I don't know, when I saw you start playing this. It's just I was scared. I was I was a little bit scared because <laughs> well, you you're out there quick, first of all, and then you're just doubling it up. Yeah. When she first got spoiled, I think me and Andy were talking, and he was like. He's like, ah, it's just it, it's an, an aggro deck, and I'm like, yeah, but I think it's okay. Aggro, other than one v one in any other multiplayer format, is so hard to win with, especially when you have to keep going sideways. You know, because if you think about it, you're going sideways against one person or two, and then you're open to the other. Right. Um, it's not really comboing. You you just need to dominate the battlefield. But for her, she kind of makes it easier for an aggro player because she can potentially take two people out at once. Maybe three if you decide to split because, remember, the guy that you choose still takes the damage, not just if you attack one person but any person. Okay. So you can split your attack three ways and, they, you know, the original chosen guy will still take all the three-way damage. Right. So it makes it a little easier... Uh, for an aggro player to do that. Not to mention her colors are probably the best colors for it, no duh, because, you know, they're every color but blue. You know, the only <laughs> thing that make it better is to, slow Yeah, the only thing that make it better is to throw blue in it, but it wouldn't really make it that much better in that aspect of attacking. Right. Uh, yeah, blue's not going to add you any creatures that you're right. real, real hot for when you're trying to be aggressive yeah. with attacking. So the main strategy I was thinking was you know, I could do a token strategy and overwhelm, which there is some tokening stuff in the deck. Um, but I was thinking more five and six mana, I want to say. For some things that are not real expensive, but when you cast them, they're a good value. It's like a good, a good like mid-game type. Yeah, so like a good example of that would be Malignus, where he's five mana... And his power and toughness is equal to, uh, his power and toughness are each equal to half the highest life total among opponents you control rounded up. Damage that we dealt by him can't be prevented. Well, in a multiplayer game, um, if we've all taken hits and somebody hasn't taken a hit and they're still at 40 health, he's still a 20-20. And that's for five mana. Uh, there's ways to make him go through things or even hit the player that is open because... Which you means think? you're going to basically cut two people in half right, right there just with and one creature. And if one guy is open and he's a 20-20 and you have a chosen player, well, that chosen player is still going to get hit for 20. It's That's the kind of example where it's five mana for just a big effect. Like, Malignus needs to be dealt with. You don't want to take a hit from him. He could potentially kill the chosen player if their defenses are down. Oh, yeah, because you just swing if, at them. If he and... <laughs> well, yeah, even if he's not the highest total, it's someone else's... 40, he's still a 20, you'd still kill him. Even if he was 20, even if the even if the chosen opponent was at 40, Malignus would be at 20, he'd hit for 20, and then it says whenever the creature you control deals combat damage to a player, it deals that much damage. So potentially it just does dub damage to that player. So if he get hit for 20, then he'd go down to 20, but he still took 20. <laughs> so Malignus is now a 10, but he already did the 20 damage, so right. you're dead. You know that's that's a one hit kill. I don't one hit kill people. Yeah, yeah. That's that's something. That, that's something about you. Like <laughs> I don't know. That's why very I don't interesting, do it. Brad. Like you have a very, you have like this 
moral code. <laughs> like you have the most. I've, I've sat out of games before, and it's like, can we get playing another game? I don't want to watch this. Is yeah, because like, really? you've got like the most aggressive decks, I think, in our meta. Um, and you're you're kind to let people stay in it as long as it, as long as is reasonable to let everybody be in the game. Yeah, yes. I feel like it's jerk move sometimes. <laughs> Okay, so if I'm going to go through it... So that's an example of what I'm trying to shoot for. It's like mid rangey, Not even mid-range. Yeah, like, like it, just there, mid-dominance. Um, <laughs> mid-dominance. But, like, there... You know what I mean? Like, Malignus is an example. Like, at, at five mana, usually people are just barely starting to kind of come into the game. Like, you know, they've done a little bit of ramping, maybe, and, and set up a couple enchantments or artifacts. Or cast their commander, which yeah, they and, don't want to lose. Exactly, and usually the creatures they have out at that point are creatures that they don't want to lose because they're going to facilitate something later in the game, such as they, it is their commander or some other key creature. That's why they cast it. Um, right. So they're not going to throw it under malignus unless they absolutely have yeah, to. Yeah, but was, he kind of beckons the call. Like, are you going to keep that guy? Or is he going to get just completely annihilated? <laughs> okay, so since it's a four-color deck and with green, uh, something about green and any other color that's with green, I feel that certain ramp spells in our group are absolute necessity. Um I know a lot of people in our group are an artifact, um, but since our group doesn't play with the destroy lands, I feel that land ramp is the safest and most efficient way in our group. Because I agree of, with that. Because of how untouchable it is. Um, I know Jeff plays with... If you guys don't know who Jeff is, Jeff's the, the uh, obsessive Eldrazi player. <laughs> Um, he plays with a lot of artifact ramp, and artifact ramp's great, and it ramps quick, and it can ramp big, but, man, it's fragile. It's it's vulnerable for it's sure. It's very fragile if you're playing against somebody that knows how to deal with it. But in our group, since land is off limits, I've always kind of stuck in with the land route. Um, how many ramp spells do you usually run in a deck? Um, typically... I don't run as much as other people. I mean, I know this deck doesn't have a soul ring in it. Doesn't have a soul ring? Yeah, it doesn't have a soul ring. <laughs> You're that guy um, that doesn't have a soul ring. <laughs> well, yeah, like I could use it. It's but why? Not a bad but card. why would you use it? Because like you've got four colors. It's not going to help your colors. It's not going to help you cast your commander until no, later. Yeah, that was my thing. I was like, I kind of want more stuff in the deck, so I kind of. I mean, when I had Animar, I didn't have it in there either. Why? Like, why? Soaring's always soaring. Yeah, yeah, it's soaring, soaring, but man, sometimes it's just soaring. If there's no colorless in your commander, like, or no generic in your commander's mana cost, like, well, I don't know, I would be inclined I don't know. to cut I, it too. I could see why somebody could argue it, but I'm just personally, in this one, I didn't. I was like, you know what? I was actually didn't do the signets either, and I originally had them in. I'm like, these are taking up, like, Oh, I have four colors. I can have what? Is it like six? Yeah, you can have a lot of signets. I'm like, it's just taking up too much space. Like, I just want to get in and out. Um, Ramp spells usually run about six. Okay. Depending. Seven if you count the soul ring. Sure, sure. That's usually, I mean, I I think a lot of people overdo it maybe a little bit or or they go up to like 10. That's sort of, it seems to be standard recommendation. I don't go there usually it, either. I, it depends on the curve of the deck. I mean, this one doesn't really, sh- I think seven's the highest. And seven, don't get me wrong, seven's a lot. Um, 
But I'm not really planning on shooting those sevens till the, you know, <laughs> turn nine. Right. You know, because right. it's like I would never play a turn seven card on turn seven because it's just going to die. If I'm going to play Giselle on turn seven, she's going to die. You play her when people don't have anything to get rid of her. <laughs> when people have expended their resources. Or when you have something. Resources. Or you have so such a dominating board presence that she's just going to help the game end faster. You don't blow your load first, like, really fast. <laughs> um, so in this one, I just have um, Cultivate, which is a pretty much in every green deck that I do. Yeah. Uh, Kadama's Reach, which is basically a functional reprint of it. Uh, Explosive Vegetation, which is another functional reprint, except for uh, it does two on the battlefield instead of one in your hand. Uh, Farhaven Elf and Solemn Simulacrum. I do them because they're creatures, and I feel that sometimes it's good to have a creature out on turn three, and if you're getting mana for it or turn four, they're a good blocker or right. a good attacker. Um, especially in especially in sacrifice decks, the mo- the mo- the more that you can get ramp wise for creatures, the better because then it's just more fodder. Not necessarily this deck; they're in here because it's it's combat deck. I want them on the field. Plus, I mean, we we have a really sack demand heavy meta right. currently. Fodder, yeah, like you fodder. need to be able to sack shit that you don't care about losing unless yeah. so, similar. If I have Far Haven Elf and then I cast Saskia, if I cast her turn four, which is kind of risky. But then that's you know, that's a buffer zone for that kind of stuff. Because if the flesh bag drops, somebody gets trigger happy with the flesh bag. Yeah, Andy Andy I recently was I noticed I had I had out my Brago alone. And somebody else had their commander out alone, and Andy just dropped his flesh bag. And, yeah, that sucks. And it's like, it's oh, sick. shit, wasn't thinking about that. Yeah, it's, it's so much value for that. Uh, what else? I feel that if you're in green, you need to be able to, re- green and white, you need to be able to remove artifacts and enchantments. <laughs> Always provision enchant and artifacts. It's hey. frustrating when somebody does have a nasty artifact out and no one takes care of it or and you have three white and green players and not one of them has anything to deal with it doesn't make sense so so that's another one for me that it's like there there have to be at least five spells that remove either target enchant and or artifacts or that just like generally do it yeah or um, even even if they do it in like mass uh and I, a mass wave i sometimes wonder if that's too low because there have been times where we've been playing and you're like, "Am I really the only one?" That's yeah, got it's, spot it's, fr- it's frustrating. And I don't, and, and I have it in my deck. I'm waiting for it. I want to get rid of it too, but it's frustrating, especially for me because I'm usually the guy that kills things, and they're like, "That needs to go." And then they kind of just like Brad look at me it. like a puppy on the like. <laughs> they just stare at me like, "You got anything?" <laughs> no, I don't have anything. Like, you're been working you're on the, my puppy dog eyes, Brad. Yeah, like you're. <laughs> Ah, like last time, I was like, I'm I'm playing mono blue. Why are you looking at me? But I ended up getting rid of it anyways in mono blue, <laughs> even though we had a green white player, we had a white player, and we had a white player, and we had a green white player. It just didn't make sense. I'm just like, why? I got mono blue. I have to spend seven mana for this thing to get rid of it, but I'll do it. Yeah, that that particular game was all my stuff is on. Uh, I was playing Brago. All my removal is dependent on ATBs, and right. there's a Torpor Orb out. 
So for <laughs> removal in the deck, uh, we have just a reclamation stage. For the other, the reason for that is um, yet again, it's on a creature. I feel like on a creature is always better. I agree. Uh, it's kind of the same reason for a ramp. You know, if you have something that can destroy a creature, it's it's better because then they can be used later on. The same with acidic slime. I feel like I feel like these two cards, most screen decks should be running, um, and I feel like that's in the forty percent because they're not they're really, just they're not so really good. doing anything for Saskia. They're doing something. Yeah, for, it's for like you, you have a two-two death touch and that destroyed anything that you wanted, or you have a two-one destroy artifact and enchant. It's just good. You can't argue with it, you know. It's, and they come in at cost of like of uh, like particularly the rec- reclamation sage. That's your typical converted mana cost for a sorcery or instant to do the same thing, right? Uh, yeah, I but mean, you get a body for it. The only thing you have to wait on your turn, unless you had other ways of doing it. But I don't see the problem in that. Uh, the other ones I have is Rakdos Charm. He can do an artifact, but most importantly, that one actually does graveyards. It actually will exile an entire graveyard, which was a very big thing in our group. Yeah, that's that's hugely important. <laughs> that was a very big thing in our group. And then on that same note, I did Jun Charm because it does the same thing. Um, and I'll go back into the charms in a minute. But graveyard removal is important. Creature removal is important. Artifact... And enchantment removal is important. The other card I have, which is kind of just like, I can't believe this card exists, is Decimate, which is a two mana for a red green and a red green. Destroy target artifact creature, target enchantment, and target land. It doesn't say pick one. It's it says all of those all things. Of them. It sucks when you don't have legal targets for all of them because then you can't cast it. But in a multiplayer game, you better. There's, you're, uh, it's pretty likely that there's so, going to be enough. To so to that. define our our land destruction rule in our meta, uh, we don't do mass land destruction. So like Armageddon is out. We don't, but we do allow land destruction utility destruction when it's when it's a utility. The reason this became necessary is I had an Aloro deck several years ago that I decided to put a glacial chasm in. Um, right. <laughs> you have to be. Yeah. There has to be a way for people to destroy that. If I'm going to play it, yeah, so, you want to play the game. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so in that case, decimate like it. It has, and usually right now it gets tricky with our group because there needs to be a land that's legal for you to target. So. Yeah, we don't do ba- we don't do any land that just produces mana, and that can be even a jump land or what do they call them? bounce lands? Yeah, like so, the Orzhov Basilicas. Oh, right, bounce land. Right. That only produces mana, so that's not a legal target. But a Rogue's Passage would be, because Rogue's Passage makes something unblockable, or a Reliquary Tower, which has a very strong effect you don't have max hand size. Yeah. Those are allowed, because, come on, you don't put a Reliquary Tower in to get mana. We already know why it's in the deck. <laughs> it's, it's there because you're, you're planning on having a full because you're hand. drawing your ass off. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Decimate's really good uh, for four mana, and you get to destroy four things. I feel that... And it's just really weird too, because it's it's red and green, and it has to destroy creature on it. It's, yeah, it's typically going to be a, your fight colors or just like direct damage as opposed to yeah. That's destroy. a very black. That's a very black thing. So it's, I mean, black mana thing. That's a very that's a very black line mana thing. <laughs> um, that's why that card. 
Oh, I think when I first cast it, I was like, holy crap, dude, that's a boss card. Probably Maybe not in a two-player game. That actually might have to hit your own stuff sometimes, but in a multiplayer game, it's almost like you have three options to pick, and you're like, okay, I already picked the three. Uh, does even, like, I didn't have an artifact. Just, like, does anyone have an artifact I can destroy? Because it's like, <laughs> I already got rid of what I wanted to get rid of. Yeah, like there's something in particular. But I need to fulfill to the prophecy, so I need to do it. <laughs> um, Decimation. Is there any flavor text on that yeah, card? Yeah, it says anarchy comes in many forms. Social individual. Social individual grow. So yeah, it's a girl card. It's a, it's a total girl and card. It's a bunch of goblins and ogres, and, <laughs> and they're just, just gonna... ruthless bar like barbaric beings just destroying an Azorius temple. Which I guess which I approve. <laughs> Flavor wise, Flavor-wise. that fits completely. <laughs> that fits completely. Screw those guys. They can't hold me down. <laughs> um, dude, whatever. <laughs> So back on the charm thing, since I mentioned two other charms that I had in here um, that destroyed an artifact or graveyard and whatnot, uh, I feel charms are very important. The reason is is because in a commander game where you only have one version, sorry, you only have one printing of a card. If you've got something modal. If you have something modal and it has multiple choices on it, um, that's just more bang for your buck. And if a charm... That's kind of what they're they are. If you ever see charm in a magic card, it's usually because it's got multiple effects that you can choose from. So, for instance, the Jun Charm, uh, XL uh, all cards from a target player's graveyard, or it deals two damage to each creature, or put two counters on a target creature. Two damage to all creatures is really good. Exiling cards from all graveyards good. Two counters on a target creature that I think I've potentially won a game that way. But hey. That option was there, you know. It's <laughs> you never really, it. it's never really done. But hey, man, it's sometimes you need that two damage, and in, and sometimes it works. Uh, the Rakdos charm similar. You know, you can either exile all cards from your graveyard. You can either destroy target artifact, or this one's a nasty one. You can do one damage to each. Uh, you can do one damage to its controller for each creature they control. That punishes people from having too many creatures. And I think I've done a ton of damage that way too. Yeah, honestly, um, that's that's your like Abzan charm, uh, exile target creature three or greater, and exiling it's just another target removal for me. And power three or greater. Well, in commander, you're gonna I'm sorry, but the stuff that needs to go is usually over three or greater. Um, you can either draw two cards, lose two life, never know. You might need to draw a card, or you can distribute two counters among creatures you control, which sometimes that might come in handy. Uh, Naya Charm, which I feel like this one's a little more powerful than the others, and I like the Naya Charm. Yeah, I feel like it's a little more. I think there's been a lot of times where I've been like, "Damn, glad I had that Naya Charm." Naya Charm can either do three damage to a target creature, which eh, I mean that can kill. <sighs> Who can that kill? That can kill Mizix. Yeah, there's there's a few commanders out there that you're you can take down with that. A low ball Animar, it can kill. There's some good stuff that it can kill. I mean, obviously, um, it's not the most damage you would want, but three is pretty okay. Plus, the, since it's an instant, like you right. can be opportunistic with it. Maybe they block with something and thinking they're safe, and then you can pour on that extra three to finish something off. Like, yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I really like the other two effects, which are you can either return a card from your graveyard to your hand. Damn. It's not creature; it's card. Duh. Which is really nice that it's not discriminate on 
Yeah, because you can just pull back whatever. Right. And then the other one is, is you can tap all creatures target player controls. Oh. So when they start their combat step, you can actually tap all their creatures. Not so, as they're attacking, so but context- before- contextualizing with Saskia, again, you can just tap them out of the way. Tap them out of the way. Or, somebody's wide open. Yeah. Or if you decide to go um, full swing at somebody and you're like, oh, well. I can go full swing this turn, and then on that guy's turn, he's got a lot of stuff, too. I might be able to tap his stuff before he attacks me. And I th- I've i done that a lot of times where I've put my... I've, I've literally bent over and spread. <laughs> but I got an ace up my ass, so it's okay. <laughs> Look at what I got up there! Okay, so more back on the basics. Board wipes. Uh, I have... I'm going to say Sudden Spoiling's a type of board wipe. It's kind of a mass effect. Yeah. Uh, Blasphemous Act costs one less for each creature on the battlefield. This uh, does 13 damage to all creatures. It is nine mana, but it can o- most it's, of the time... Usually it's much, much cheaper. I mean, 100% of the time in Commander, you're casting it for one red. It should be one red, And yeah. 13 damage, there's... Don't get me wrong, Commander. There's creatures that are over 13, but man, you'd be wiping out. A you're ton. taking most of the stuff. You're going to be wiping out at least 95 percent of that for one mana. Hell yeah, dude, that's worth it. Uh, Wrath of God. Even though I want damnation, I always want damnation. <laughs> it is damnation. You're, it's you're white the, you're damnation. The, your soul's just black, Brad. Um. That one just destroys all creatures that can't be regenerated. You could do Day of Judgment. I think I had Day of Judgment in originally, but I was like, when we cut down the board wipes, I was, I just left the better one because they're the same card. They're the same right. mana. You might as well have the better one. Uh, Merciless Eviction because it has exile, mass exile. So you can either choose exile artifacts or do all creatures or do all enchantments or all do all planeswalkers. Well, mostly in Commander, it's creatures. And exile is a big deal when you're fighting graveyard decks. And we we recently got had the addition of a Karametra Enchantress deck, right? Um, that gets to a point where you can't target any of her shit. So watch out that that mer- that merciless eviction comes. Yeah, in Yeah, I think it just got a little more value that way. Uh, the other one I have is sudden spoiling, and this one I will say is in every black deck I own, <laughs> and I have. Three, four, five, just, six black decks. So I'm run six sudden spoiling. Just to paint a picture here, Brad brought his commander decks over. He's got his briefcase of decks, and he's got his cards laid out. Like, he's right. fucking serious here. Uh, sudden spoiling has got split seconds. So as long as the spell's on the stack, no players can activate abilities or, or cast spells that aren't mana abilities, because mana abilities are a cost. So they add to your... I don't know. It's something to do with mana abilities. I think it's basically you can activate them on the stack. All right. But until end of turn, target creatures, creatures, target player controls, loses all abilities, and their base power and toughness are zero two. Okay, that's either you can protect yourself with that or you can ruin somebody's game with that. <laughs> or to go back on the charm, let's say you don't have a board wipe, but you do have a Jun charm. Well, sudden spoiling could turn everything into a zero two, and Jun Charm does two damage to all creatures. Oh, that little Emrakul now is a freaking—it's a zero two. That's a zero does two. Nothing. That does nothing, and it completely gets wiped out. That you know, that's that's another board wipe. You that's, know? that's 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 combo actually board pretty cool wipe. comboing that way. So, sometimes you have to do it. So uh, those are kind of like your your 
you know, 30 to 40%, like the things that like fit your deck. I have more. You have more? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should we go over some more? Do we, do we want, want to get to I, like There's a, some other I want to go with. I mean, I have your eternal witness returns a card back to your Yeah, hand. that's a pretty, that's a pretty good green uh, staple. I feel you have diabolic tutor, which is tutoring. Uh, which is another kind of you know if you have th- if you have forty percent sixty percent decks well that diabolic tutor just turns it into a hundred percent deck now doesn't it because now you can get whatever you want right uh, I have increasing ambition which is another tutor which is really good I have so um, so let me ask you ask your like you obviously like increasing ambition do you find yourself at times like feeling like you struggle with that card no I never do okay the reason is is because. It's got one black on it. It's only one more mana. You are getting a card. I mean, if you make the card worth it, then I don't think it should be a problem. If you do, if it does get milled, you can always do it later. And there's been some times where you just don't. Let's say you don't have the cards in your hand. And me playing aggro, there's been times where I don't have shit in my hand. So, but I have an increasing ambition, in the, increasing ambition in the graveyard. Um, I'm kind of a fan of the Rune Scar Demon. I know a lot of. I know. I don't feel like an Argorip gets cast that much. He uh, he is seven mana, but he basically tutors a card and puts your hand. But he a is a six six big flyer. six six flyer. Yeah, like you like, don't get a lot of can, flying with that body. He can block. He can attack. Not to mention, I think the art on the card is actually one of the coolest arts ever. Who's the artist on that one? Uh, Michael Colmark. Colmark. Okay, not one that I'm. I don't know either, but I, I love with. that card. Uh, there's some other tutors. I have Signal of the Clans, which can pick three at random and put one in your hand, which is really good for two mana. So you just pick some really nasty guys, uh, or three utility guys. Uh, Fierce Empath, which, dude, I can like, I don't even, I can't even believe Fierce Empath doesn't get played that much in our group. He's three mana, and he can tutor a card, and he's a creature. He can tutor anything with converted mana, costs six or greater. Well, whoa, you know, we're playing... Whoa. We're playing Commander, so, you know, that's a nasty card that you can go get for three mana. Even you can cast him at cost at three and be okay and save that card for later. You know, like, just cast him. Yeah, I don't think I've ever paid attention to that. Yeah, that's like a sweet, sweet card. Yeah, the only fallback on him is he's an elf. I hate <laughs> elves, but whatever. Uh, the other dude, card... that's building a Reese elf deck, dude. I, I know. <laughs> Another card I found recently is called Time of Need. And that actually just search, it's too mad to search your card for a legendary card and put it in your hand. Legendary creature. And you're like, well, you know, like that's kind of limiting. It's actually not because there's some really good legendary creatures out there that um, dominate, you know. I, oh, yeah. I don't have her in the deck, but Elish Norn's not a legendary creature, so. <laughs> You know, <laughs> as, as, as you'd like to put it, the blackest card in magic. Yeah, the blackest card in magic. Um, <laughs> More people, what? No, she's not. She's white. Exactly. She's <laughs> she's black. She, black. she does everything she does is black. Everything she does is black. Uh, another 60% or She's trying to purify shit, Brad. Yeah, another 60 40 card. I feel that there's some certain cards and in, in colors that need to be there. And I don't like playing white that much, but I feel that <laughs> I feel that if you're playing white, you need comeuppance in your deck. I just uh, the cards uh. <laughs> the card the card is too good. It's just so it's not even situational. You can you just hold like I don't even know like the situ if the situation's right, play comeuppance. But man, the situation's always right. So comeuppance 
every time that gets played on me, I'm... It, Your asshole kind of tightens. Yeah, honestly. It's like, like uh-oh, is that going to... Is that going to kill my shit? Is that going to hurt me? No, it's it's literally like, I think I might die. <laughs> yeah, like, that was my last attack on you, and I don't think I can recover from that, and I attacked right into you, and you played come up. Yeah, like, every time, because you, you know that feeling that you get when you've got, like, you just got a really sexy board state, and you're like, oh, man. I'm going to hit somebody I'm going to hit this. someone so hard. And then you, then then you she swing rocks. at them, and they play comeuppance. And it's not just like it gets negated. It's not like you know you got like an etherize or ether tide spout or something like that. Come like, back later, no. Yeah, like you're just fucked. <laughs> That's what comeuppance is. I get like, the same feeling of sudden spoiling. I feel like they're kind of played at the same time. Yeah, for yeah. me defensively, um, it's just good. Another card I have in the deck because of flavor, and it's kind of like comeuppance deflecting palm, and that card. That card's for Andy. That <laughs> because he still he used to, he likes to hit with those instant speed uh, big spells that hit you in the face or infinite combo in the face. And I'll admit, like a couple of these have I, I think palm. saved games. Like when you've played, I think these. I've won games with these cards. Yeah, you definitely or, have, and they or they've saved us from having other people win when it looked like it was apparent that they were going to. Oh yeah. god, man, deflecting palm is like the art on that is just <laughs> his bones are like popping out. I know, of his that's hand. pretty brutal. I'm surprised <laughs> they got away with that one. Gosh, I feel like a lot of this deck is 60-40. Which you know, I think that's like that's that's interesting to me to see that. I think that's a little different uh philosophy than Andy and I take. Um And it's effective because you've been you've kind of been on like a you had a pretty good win run for quite a while recently. Not really. Oh, I feel like a little bit lately it's gone down, but there was a moment where... Actually, I was playing this deck a lot. This deck's actually had quite a bit of success. Maybe yeah, be, like it's, maybe because I've kind of let go of the play-to-one strategy and kind of, you know, dilute my pool a little bit with situational cards instead of, you know, trying to... Trying to focus on one agenda. All right. So, the main focus of the deck is to either get mid range stuff out, um, typically turn five or six. Okay. Get Sasuke out and then call a an opponent that you cannot attack, and or an opponent that's out of reach. So, yeah. so this is what I'm interested in. Is like you know, like how do you choose? Typically, and I hate that. I I discriminate. I discriminate against the blue player. It's typically the blue player that I name. I mean, they can always disrupt stuff when I'm attacking somebody else. Sure, but that's usually who I go after Uh, because of because then every attack you make is against them. Blue or white? Yeah, I mean, white's got a lot of defensive capability. Um, Yeah, I'd say blue or white. Okay. Or if I know the deck. Uh, I sometimes don't pick Andy. Because I know Andy has ways of dealing with it, even if I do pick him. But he's also usually a blue player, too. I hate to say it. Tiffany's a good person to pick for it, because it's not like she's going to have an answer to it. And she's usually behind a wall. And she's pretty into enchants and doing some pillow forting yeah. a little bit. And so that's... Like, that's yeah, yeah, that's a good point. 
Sasuke is important to to protect, so champion helm, swift foot boots, lightning greaves. I am a believer in champion's helm. I don't think anyone else is. So, <laughs> read, read me the mana cost on it's that only, again. It's three. So it's three to get it out. What's one, the equip one cost? One to equip. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why, because I've... And I, if your commander's three mana, maybe not, but she's four, and it's like, I'm not going to cast her turn four anyway. Yeah, and for, for a while, I was like trying to get everything that gave Hexproof or Shroud in there. I was even throwing in Mask of Avacyn. I, I moved, I've moved past rough. those days, because that one's a rough one to get. It gives them two, two as well. It, it does give them health and t- uh, power. It, and toughness. it does. It's, it's not a bad card. I just, it's actually, I think it's gone up in price. They've only printed it once, or they had a, they had a marble, I've got, a I've marble got a work stack of them. So. I know. I bought them when they were cheap too, so I'm still <laughs> kind of running on the my original purchase. Um, some early game cards that are played are the Hanover Garrison. And the Hanauer Garrison's pretty much baby version of the Hero Blade Hold. Which Hero Blade Hold <laughs> Hero Blade Hold's probably one of the best four mana creatures in Magic, period. Like I I want to put Hero of Blade Hold in every deck that has white. There's this part of me that just wants to do it's that. Cause like gnarly. you're gonna get up somebody's ass fast it's with that gnarly, card. Dude. Just I with that one be- card. I can't believe that card sometimes. Uh, like again, if you can get that out on turn four, like you're doing stuff when people are still, you know, playing mana rock. So like, I'm going to play a Thran Dynamo yeah, this turn, you and you're like, it. I'm going to play the fucking Hero Blade yeah, and get a ton of tokens for virtually nothing. So we'll start out. So Hanar Garrison, he kind of attacks and does the same thing. He brings two red humans with him attacking. So he's kind of the same thing. He's only three mana. He's a two three. He has a meld with a certain land. I don't have that land in the deck. It's in another one. And I, I've i only pulled it off once. It's not really that important. I mean, I could go grab it. Okay. It's a four-colored deck, and it only does produce colorless. And I think you need red to do it to activate it. I mean, it's good. It could go in, but at the same time, it's like, I don't really want to go into colorless costs for something niche Uh Another card, which I think is highly underestimated, is the Champion of Lamhole. And... Every time you play a creature after she's in, she gets bigger by one, but that's not the thing. Uh, creatures with power less than her can't block her. So the bigger she gets... Well, they can't... They just can't... Because it can't block her. Oh, can't sorry. Block. No, so they can't block in general. Yeah, so you're just basically, yeah. like, removing people's ability to defend. Yeah, if she's a two, like, all those one tokens can't block. Period. And, you know, that's a problem in Commander when you're getting chomped. And if you can get her big by any other effect, it's you're, the bigger she gets, the longer she's there, the more shit you have. It's going to be unblockable. I have the frontline medic. He's kind of a protection while you're going sideways. Um, if two or more creatures are attacking with him, then all your creatures get indestructible. I was a huge fan of that card when it came out. Uh, he could go or crash. He could like go or stay. It's nice to have, but then, yeah, like you, you may or may not need it. <laughs> Yeah, he's just a good combat protection, really. Then you have the champion, I mean, the hero blade hold, battle cry. Whenever she attacks, uh, put two 1 1 white soldier tokens in a tap and attacking. She's a 3 4 for 4, and she's battle cry, so she says every other attacking creature other than her gets plus 1. So they're really not 1 1s, they're really 2 1s. So really, when she attacks for 3, she's actually attacking for 7 because she brings. 
two one ones with her that are getting and she's plus battle one. crying them. Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's, and then it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And I got the heavy metal art, the eighties. And she's yeah, she's a yeah, she's your warrior princess for sure. Uh, let's see. Who are you attacking today, baby? I, this guy's in the deck, and I think he's in here for a reason. I'm trying to think why. It's the Hunted Lamasu. At a time, I was playing a lot of political cards to think, hey, I'm on your side. Not really. <laughs> uh, but when he, he's he's a 5-5 five, five flying for four. That's but already over cost. Like, you're, you're recovering cost. Yeah, and nicely. he's a flying, and with Saskia, that's potentially, like... A lot of overhead damage is going to another player. That's well, it's not really. Know, it's kind of deceiving because it's like you could just be attacking the other guy with evasion and doing ten damage to him, or attacking somebody else and make sure he's always taking five. Uh, but he does give an opponent a four-four black horror. Not all opponents, just one. So you can usually make a friend of somebody. Oh. And I don't know. I was kind of testing it to see if how far that could go. Like, oh, he well, he gave me a creature. Yeah, I only gave you a four four. On the <laughs> it's really I only not- gave you a four four on the ground. That's not really a big deal. <laughs> the green guy of this is actually I don't believe in that one anymore. And he's a he's a six six for four troll with regenerate, but he gives an opponent four one one flying fairies. And I won't don't give yeah, any, that's a don't lot give of anyone don't give anyone that many bodies and, and that are flying for that matter. Because they're flying, and that's pretty nasty. Dude, give them to Reese. Reese wants them. Yeah. I, <laughs> um, I have the Angelic Field Marshal. <laughs> so she was part of the... Is this one of the lieutenants? Yeah, she's one of the lieutenants. She's in the dare because... Um, not because she's a good attacker. She's okay. She's a five. She's a three three, but she's a, she gets two two if your commander's out. Uh, she but the thing I mainly like about her, she gives all your creatures vigilance, which vigilance. Oh, that's a defensive mechanic, and it's really an offensive mechanic. Yeah, it's, it allows you to attack with everything. Yeah, it's, and not have to. I worry. don't play mag. I don't play. I don't follow the rules of magic. I just attack. Um, <laughs> I have her in there for that because it's like, oh, they get vigilance. Like that's awesome. Um, I have Iros in here. Dude, Brad, isn't white your favorite I color it. in magic? I hate, white. I, I hate it because this deck has a lot of white in it. <laughs> I have Iros, which he is the red-white god. He pretty much makes it so your creatures have menace, so they have to be double-blocked, which is kind of evasion. Uh, but he prevents all combat damage that... Sorry. He prevents all damage that would be dealt to them while they're attacking. And that ensures that they don't die, uh, especially with that vigilance. That's good too. Yeah, like that. That kind of like attack and that kind of takes attack. down the frontline medic because if you've got Iroas out, you don't need the medic out there because Iroas is probably going to be hanging out for quite a while. Right. I feel ashamed to have him in the deck, but I put him in just for fun. Yeah. I have Skidrinks in the God, deck. God damn it, Brad! I'll probably take him out. Did you? So has, has Skithering's been in the deck the whole time? No, I put him in because I wanted to see if I could do anything with him. I haven't still tested. So, so Brad told me about a game that I I was not a participant in, where um, I think you took out. Was it him and Cameron? Or no, no, you got left alone with Cameron after taking out everybody else. We were here when we did that, weren't we? No, maybe not. Anyhow, yeah, like, I was glistening. <clears throat> yeah, you just like. Yeah, I felt I felt really sickened. I took it out. I took it out immediately after that game was done. It wasn't with this deck. He poisoned it. everybody but one person out, and then he's just like, he ah, I felt bad. Took you down. 
Uh, yeah, Skithering Sinister. He probably will come out. I mean, I could think of some other cards that I could put in here that would be better than him, but I wanted to but see what so, he could do. So my thought with that is, like, is that kind of a while my game got a little bit undone, I need to do something quick type thing? Or... To put Skitherinks in? Yeah, yeah. My, no, I was thinking because it was like... I could name one person and just send him separately at another guy for a couple turns. And I have enough effects where there might get plus. He might get buffed a little bit, so he might only hit him twice instead of three and times. Dead. And you could potentially kill two people on the side while you're dealing with somebody else. Because just because you have Skitherinks doesn't mean he needs... To be sent with your normal attacking creatures, that's a bad idea because, you know, why would you want to do damage and infect on the same guy? Yeah, it's um, kind of a waste. I don't know. I'll have to see how he acts. Uh, I'm Malignison. We talked about him. He's the He can potentially be a 20-20 for five. Uh, this, I have Ankle Shanker, which is a ridiculous card. Uh, I can't believe... It's funny because, like, the Ankle Shanker is... Ch- such a cheap card, but just it's fits nasty. In so it's nicely. so nasty. It's so nasty. No one blocks it. So he says, whenever Ankle Shanker attacks, the creatures that uh, when Ankle Shanker attacks, creatures you control gain first strike and death touch on the turn. Well, first strike and death touch. Uh, that's a bad combo. Even if they're one ones, it doesn't matter what they block. They do just combat damage first, boop. and it kills. So no one's gonna block him, and he's got haste. So even if you have a nice army out and you have him, and you like, let's say you top deck him. Play him because he's gonna go out with them. It's just he's, he's nuts. Uh, he says creatures too, so that includes him. It's not just he gives other creatures that he gives it to himself too. I mean, actually, this so art, I, I this, wanna, this art's actually the female. I want to I want to back up to Skitherings for just a second to clarify because when you're doing the Skitherings damn like the the poison counters, that counts for Saskia as well for their. The targeted yeah, I, player. Yeah, correct? that does. Because whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, it deals that much damage to a chosen player. So Infect is... N- it's Let me read Infect. It's got the reminder here. This creature deals damage... T- this creature deals damage to creatures in the form of negative counters and to players in the form of poison counters. It doesn't say combat damage. So... I don't know what's a good way of putting it. Let's say Prodigal Pyromancer has Infect. He taps and deals the damage to a player. Right. Well, he didn't deal combat damage. He just did ping damage. <clears throat> but he is in. Let's say he did have Infect somehow. That would still count as Infect damage. So, with that being said, if a creature has Infect deals combat damage to one player, the chosen player will take infect damage as well because it was that creature that did it. And her text says, whenever a creature you control deals damage, combat damage to a player, it deals that damage. Not not Sasuke. Sasuke. It. So if it has infect or it has lifelink, yes, lifelink behaves the same way, then you would be you'd be getting the benefit or they'd be getting the poison. So when you're, when you're saying that you can kind of take out three players, like you can send all your other damage at... One person. Yeah, normal damage. You can have Saskia go to whoever you're you're looking to take out, and or I mean not Saskia, but uh, Skitherings, and then Skitherings is going to add that poison in the foreground to the other guy, to the yes. other person that Saskia is named, right? And so, I guess the other all the other damage would be going there too. Technically, yeah. Whoever, whatever one they hit first, which Skidrinks, he's in the deck because I wanted to test him, but there is a card in the deck that I will explain why I have it in there, and it, it's actually just nasty. 
Uh, I put Zergo Helm Smasher in. Because... I don't, yeah. I, it's literally not because he's good. He's he's okay. I put him in because it's... Dude, it's flavor. I had, a, smash I, had helms, as, I had him as a commander, and it was just disappointing. And I was like, you know, I love casting that guy. I love seeing that. And I, it's literally a it's literally a guilty pleasure. You've you've got three of my like and fa- people probably fallen, kill him. fallen Boros commanders He'll, in your deck. Like I'm happy to see him. He's probably people will kill him just because he's Zergo, and it's like he's not the commander, so he's not going to kill with commander damage. I'll probably take him out when stuff gets a little more competitive and I start playing. That's, that's another deck that you had prepped and ready as soon as that card dropped. I know, and it's so disappointing because <laughs> it's like I was asking Wizards for a long time. I want – oh, at the time it was Nazi colors. Now it's Mardu. But I was like, I want a red, white, and black commander so bad. And why don't you bring back orcs? Well, they brought it back in one card, and I was pretty excited, but the card's not a very good commander. Oh, but he's a good Voltron. Nah, Voltron sucks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Voltron doesn't work. It's not a viable strategy. Not in a multiplayer for game. A multiplayer it doesn't work. It doesn't work. People get... <gasps> it's scary, I don't dude. Die. It's I don't really die. scary. Kill him. I don't want to die. He can kill me in a couple hits. Kill him. And then you have a table consensus against it. And then, even if they don't even, you know, express it verbally, mentally they all want to kill him. <laughs> so it doesn't really. Work. I don't. I, yeah, I don't think there's any like cloak and dagger. Like Zergo needs to go. <laughs> yeah, Zergo does need to go. Uh, not in this deck though, because he's no commander damage. Um, other cards I have in the deck. I feel that you need to have combat advantage. And if you're going to be in combat, you need to have an advantage going into combat. You can't just t- swing and tap, tap and swing, swing and tap, 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 tap. So, Heliod's in the deck, gives all your creatures vigilance, which I feel is important in the deck. I actually was, I was like, man, I had, a, I think I had him in there and I didn't have any other vigilance guys. I'm like, man, vigilance is really actually useful in this deck. So, after that point, I started adding I started idea. adding it because I was like, man, it's just, it's, it's just strong sometimes. Sometimes you need that. Um, Brave the Sands, which gives, it's actually a really good enchantment. It's only two mana. It's uncommon. It gives them vigilance and your creatures can actually double block. Sorry, you're. Yes, your creatures can double block, meaning one creature of yours can actually block two creatures. I mean, that's not why I put it in. I put it in for the Vigilance, but hey, for two mana, that's pretty good. Um, Combat advantage of gratuitous violence. If a creature you control would deal deal damage uh, to a creature... If a creature you control would deal damage to a creature or player, it would deal double damage to that creature or player instead. This card does have three red mana on it and two colorless, so it's kind of steep to cost. But, man, I tell you, Gratuitous Violence is the best double damaging effect in the game. And the reason is is because usually if you have a double damage in Magic, it's global. Um, it usually gives it to another player as well. I think Furnace of Wrath gives it to mm-hmm. everyone. Dictator of the Twin Guides is everyone. Uh... I feel, I feel like I'm missing some others. But there's typically a, hey, guys, we all get to deal double damage. But gratuitous violence is one-sided. And I feel like that's important because I don't like giving other people double damage. <laughs> um, so that one's really good. Uh, it can actually quicken the game faster if they can deal that damage. Because yeah. now it's, well, you know, Skitherings now... I don't want to use Skitherings as an example, but he can hit twice now and kill somebody, so... <laughs> or maybe once, if he's a five. Yeah, so. if you can just get that extra 1-1 one, one on. 
which there's there's effects that will. Um, and I'm going to say this right now. Okay. Tell why, me. Why white is stupid. <laughs> and this is one of my prime examples when anyone plays Magic and they're like, white's not that good. White is the best color in the game. And... This is this is my this is my one of my argument cards that I usually bring up when people ask or what's your argument? True conviction. Dude, okay, true conviction is stupid because double strike is it's you red. would think is a red double thing. Double strike is red. But it's a white thing. There's another card called Rage Reflection. For six mana it gives all your creatures double strike and it's red. But why would you run Rage Reflection if you could pay for the same exact mana cost to give him Double Strike and Life Link, <laughs> which is pretty much quadruple strike in Magic? So yeah, you're pitching the life totals pretty. Yeah. If heavily. you want to do a whole episode on why White's better, I can. I will do that. <laughs> um, Funny thing is, I've probably and I'll played do it with Matt. White more, but you're the one that's done a mono yeah, White I'll deck, Brad. Oh, I know, but it was it was a joke. I did <laughs> it. I did it because it was a joke. <laughs> Um, it was a joke. It truly was. So true conviction gives all your creatures double Dude, strike that and life. Owned you owned me and me and Andy yeah. that night, man. So double strike and life link on true conviction. Uh, this guy came out in the set, which is really good. He's the Stonehoof Chieftain. He has eight mana, but he's indestructible and trample for an eight eight. So he's not cost. He's more at cost. He's actually better because the eight eight for eight trample and indestructible. He's actually. Pretty damn good, but his ability is why I put him in. And he says, other uh, whenever another creature you control attacks, it gains trample and indestructible. So it also is gaining <laughs> evasion. It's also gaining indestructible. So Shit. it's getting protected in combat. Uh, on a similar note, the Pathbreaker Ibex is really good. He says, when he attacks, creatures you control gain XX till a turn, where X is, its, is the Ibex's power. Uh, it is a 3-3, so at least it'll be, be constantly giving him uh, kind of an overrun effect uh, without the trample. Oh, wait. No, they do gain trample. So, yeah, it, it gives him evasion and the buff, and he'll most likely be bigger than a 3-3. Even if he is just a 3-3, that's still really good for yeah. on a stick. Um, Whip Erebos gives him lifelink. And you can return a card back from your graveyard for one turn, and it gets exiled. Sometimes if you need to close a game, that can happen. Yeah, Whip Erebos is actually kind of nice. I, I don't know. I, there have been times where I'm like, geez, I need that on my deck. It's Just only, so I can pull a, something out of the graveyard for a turn. You it's know? only four mana. It's not bad. Even if it's out for one turn, you get a good swing with it. It's, I mean, you're still going to gain a lot of life. Yeah. Um, this card is in the deck because I've had really good success with it. Um one of the greatest, one of the very first cards I remember, I remember you guys talked about this, and I was like, yeah, I remember that. That was one of like the coolest things that turned me on to magic was the card Overrun. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know why. It was just brutal, and everything gained trample. There's really, you know, you can't defend type thing. But this card is called Overwhelming Stampede, which is basically Overrun on fucking steroids and it's the same mana cost actually i think it's i think it's one less green but one more colorless but i think it's a little bit lean more lenient on the green but it says until the end of turn creatures you control gain trample and get xx where x is the greatest power among creatures you control 
So that could potentially... So if you've got your Malignus out there... <laughs> yeah, if your Malignus is out there and he's 20-20, well, all your creatures just gain 20-20 and trample. That's that. That's not just a player dies. That's the whole table's dead. You should dead. pretty much finish that's everybody the whole with table that one even if Saskia is just out and she, let's say, she's the highest power, she's still a three. And if you look at that card, I mean, it's overruns five mana and it's five mana. And if you can at least get three, three out of it, well, then you actually just, it's actually worth it. Yeah, you're coming out. I'm not really a fan of putting one-time effects in Commander because you only get them once, unless they're utility, obviously. But this is kind of like, this is kind of like, it should be a game finisher. This isn't is it. Yeah, this should. But this one I've put an exception in because it is a finisher. Right. And if you plan it right, I mean, even just looking at some of these cards, who doesn't want a card with a fucking rhino charging at you? Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, if you can put a card in that can potentially end the game, then I think it actually might be worth it. Uh, on a similar card is Triumph of the Horde, and this one is kind of unethical. And I mean unethical. <laughs> Okay. Uh, until end of turn, creatures you control get plus one and gain trample for four mana. Oh, and they gain infect. So wait, wait, wait. <laughs> they get infect. Yeah, they get infect. So, so this is going on to Skitherings, right? <laughs> this can. No, he doesn't even need it. This is for like everyone else. This is just. They gain trample. Yeah, because the trample it's, part, but that plus one, plus one. Plus one, plus one trample and infect. You could. This is another card that can kill the whole table. It should finish or it. Or at least two people. I'm going mean, to easily. You could easily wipe two people out with this. The guy I, that's chosen and the guy that's doesn't have creatures to block. I art for that card earlier, actually today, and I'm like, man, that thing is... Triumph of the Hordes? Yeah. That's yeah, pretty cool. It's, it's sweet. It's pretty cool. I think it's got a gliss on it. And it's made by a one-name artist. Right. Is Izzy? <laughs> uh, other creature protections I have, this one doesn't have really with combat, but aestheticism. And the reason I have that in the deck is because I'm going to be getting into more cards um, that are important and that they are... They can't go. Uh, they can't go. And if you cast them, it's like, man, you really... You really put them in there for a reason, and you don't want to see them go. Asceticism gives them all hexproof and regenerate if you need to. So it's just a good card. It's a good card for expensive mana-costed creatures because you don't want to invest in something that's just going to get Doombladed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If anyone runs Doomblade in our group. I don't think anyone runs any removal in our group, but so my Arab- you never my, know. My Erebus deck definitely doesn't. I haven't played Erebus in a while, though. I like Doomblade. I mean, it's limited, but, man, it, there's more limited cards than Doomblade. Sometimes you just need to kill a motherfucker. <laughs> All right, so just good cards in general. And I'll go around some of the creatures that I have. Yeah, let's let's hit, like, the, the let's big, hit, let's the hit big some boy big, creatures. Let's hit some big what, what, what are you hitting me with with so, Saskia, dude? There, I, there is a little bit of a back thing that I'm kind of sometimes building tokens in the background because they will become bigger later for those big effects that I talked about. Okay. Um, one card I like in Commander in general is the Dragon Lair Spider. Um, he's not really... I mean, he is pretty big. He's 5'6 with reach. But the reason he's nasty is because he says whenever an opponent casts a spell, you put a 1-1 green insect in. Yeah, that gets out of control That fast. gets out of control like, not way fast. If people are casting shit on your turn, you're getting creatures. On their turns, you're getting creatures. I mean, you can go around the whole board and you'll just be building up an army. And that can add up. And especially when you have that many creatures and let's say you do cast your overwhelming stampede. Well, 
You're good to go. Let's say you have something that's a six six, and now you have you know a bunch of set. Let's just say you have six little insects and the spider. Well, the spider itself, itself is, a, is a five. It's six. already a five, so they're all going to gain six. They're all going to be six six tramples, and it's going to be a ten. And something trample. It's just even just that card alone. Trampley spider. Yeah, it's Fuck that. It's just a good card, and that on the other one is the the, the dragon broodmother, which is kind of the same concept. It's not really based on their on opponents casting spells, but at the beginning of each upkeep, so that's your opponent's upkeep too. You get a one one green dragon with devour on it. So most of the time I usually just make little 1-1 one, one dragons with it um, if I do feel like I have enough fodder or I need to hit somebody really big with a flyer I usually sometimes devour devour means that when it enters the battlefield you can sacrifice any creatures to it and it gets that many counters for its devour um, benefit so devour 2 means if it enters in you can eat a creature and then it's, it, for every creature it eats it gets 2 counters so they can actually potentially just keep eating each other but that card's every upkeep. Okay. So I remember when we originally had that card, I didn't really read it very good, and I was like, oh, I thought it was my upkeep. But then I was like, when it's wait every a, upkeep, I'm like, wait like, a sec, that's a myth. They made that a mythic card, and the mana cost is really, really weird on it. That's there's, every there's up, reason. That's every upkeep. That's every <laughs> upkeep. Um, Shieldred. Because Shieldred, that's another black card where it's I don't like, know, like I'm I Shieldred's in. Every black deck in our our meta right now. I swear, I she. If somebody's running black, they're running Shieldred, which I don't blame people because you want to get stuff back. Oh know, yeah, she gives, she brings back some of your bigger investments that you might lose. She's the only, the only problem I have with that is that like we see it so much that usually yeah, people are like they're, now. they're itching to to get rid of it's it. It's diluted. Um, I have Dragon Lord Jamoka in, and the reason is for that is because if it's my turn, I cannot have any th- answers that people have on my turn if I'm attacking. So he that, says blue, you're, that blue player that's yeah. going to... Yeah. So he says that opponents can't cast spells during your turn. He can't be countered, and he's flying a lifelink. I can't be etherized. I cannot be ether spouted, or however you pronounce that card. I cannot be sudden spoiled. I cannot be countered. I cannot be. You can't have that cyclonic rift on your attack. I can't be cyclonic attack. rifted. I can't be evacuated. I can't be. Sometimes some people can get instances on board wipes. It ensures that my attack will be my attack and my turn will be my turn. He's six mana for five seven lifelink flying and that was abilities. He's he is. I think it's a she. Damn worth well the cost. Boros battle shaper. Um, he's another combat manipulation, not just on my turn, but everyone but else's turn too. Manipulating others, which is actually really fun because if you've got, I don't know, he's a good card. I don't, yeah, it actually is. I don't, I don't, I don't know that people play a lot of decks that have specifically Boros colors. Which maybe why we don't see it he's that definitely often. Worth it at the beginning of each combat, up to one target creature attacks or blocks, so one must, and then it says that. In that combat, one can't block or can't attack. So it's one has to and one must. One must and one can't. And that can be an advantage to you. On other players' turns, hey, that Mizzix Mizzix got to attack. Well, that sucks for Mizzix because it's a little 2-2 on the ground and it doesn't attack. You know, some commanders aren't meant to attack. Well, this right, guy, there's plenty that of commanders, them. that commanders putting a helmet and shield on and going in. Um. Grave Titan, 
the Grave Titans kind of lost favor with our group a lot, and I put I kept him in. Because but it's a tremendously effective card. He's for for an attacking deck. He's really good, and just for blocking, um, he's not as lustrous as he used to be. Um, but he's still good. I, I still feel good. I still pretty. I still feel pretty damn good when I cast him. Like, and yeah, I'll, that was worth it. And I'll say ten this, damage like for six. If there's a player in our group that can that can maximize usage of, of Grave Titan, I think it's you, Brad. Right. Like you're you're making that fucker do some work for you. Um, this card I put usually in every Rakdos deck. I play a lot of Rakdos. Uh, I have two Rakdos decks. I used to have three specifically Rakdos have, himself, like like the actual colors, and I have Rakdos. Himself. Is this where we cue like Rakdos is laid out? Yeah, we're gonna just we'll just scoop this deck. <laughs> but I've had decks with Rakdos colors in it. I mean, currently I have one, two, three. This one's four, and I wait one, two, three. Four, yeah, and I did have Zergo, which would be five, and I was eyeballing the Scorpion God, dude. So yes. I, but I'm not gonna do him. I was eyeballing the Heb too, but he just wasn't good. But I've had he wasn't Rakdos. good. What are you? Are you kidding no, 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 not the new one, not the new <laughs> oh, one, the, uh, <laughs> the original, gotcha. the actual Rakdos. I'm like Neheb is gonna so, burn everything. <laughs> on the note of Rakdos, I'm insane. <laughs> is the Sire of Insanity. <laughs> And uh, this guy, people probably like, why the hell would you cast it? And I ask, why the hell wouldn't you cast it? <laughs> At the beginning of each end step, each player discards their hand. Yeah, that includes me. But hey, I'm attacking all the time. If I have a good board state, I don't want you to have a hand. Yeah. And- if I have Tremoka out, hell, I'll cast that guy on that same damn turn and make sure he hits the board. <laughs> because hey, people are going to be scarting it in my turn. And if I'm attacking and I have a good board state, I don't want anyone to have cards. Not even me. Well, I will, but, you know, only one a turn, but it's it's better for my attacking advantage to have Dude, no Brad, one have a hand. I'm going to get you a medal. It, it's it's going to be like the Spirit of Rakdos Award yeah, I don't Brad Kingston. <laughs> if I can get rid of my hand, if it gets rid of your hand, too, then I'm okay with it. I love that, like, it's this demon that's just, like, dipping a guy <laughs> into like a... some bubbling cauldron. I'm insane! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that card. Probably the coolest card from that pitiful so what, set. So what is this? <laughs> the flavor test text. Its victims become mindless lunatics. Conveniently, that's the first step in joining the cult that's of Rakdos. Right, that's right. <laughs> I 100% agree. Brad's on a missionary trip trying to convert everybody so, to the cult of Rakdos. <laughs> okay, some of the game enders that are absolute beasts in the deck. We have Aurelia. And so two combats. Two combats. She can attack twice, um, pretty much each time she's vigilant. Two combats in this deck, that usually means death for one or two players. Um, so let me so overrun is until the end of the turn, right? Yeah, so that actually would be yeah, that would be okay. So if you did or the triumph of the horde or the triumph of the horde. I mean overwhelming yeah. Stampede. Overwhelming stampede trial. Yeah, that's the end of turn, so those two combats will still be affected by it. Which that would potentially mean everyone's dead. Yeah, it should. I, I'm guessing it should. <laughs> yeah, Aurelia should not be scoffed at. Like uh, sometimes I feel like she's better than the next card, which is Gisela. But most of the time, Gisela is better. Gisela says if damage be dealt to an opponent or a permanent opponent controls by any source, other um, it deals double damage. 
but if a sorcerer deal damage to you or permanent eye control, it's cut in half. So basically, that's pretty one-sided. My stuff takes half. I take half. Everyone takes double. This is a good card. <laughs> and the person that's getting Saskia'd is... Uh... This, yeah, this card's good for Saskia and just for what I'm doing in general. But not only that, because it's a very political card, and it, it sways opponents to go after each other instead of me. I like how you handle it, where you're just like, guys, guys, if you attack... Somebody else. Yeah, it's double the damage, yeah, double the fun. Yeah, she's just too good for what she does. Um, she's already a flying five five. So in that case, she already does ten damage. If she attacks a guy that's chosen, that's twenty damage. That's twenty damage sure. for one card. I mean, come on. Right? Yeah, that's pretty rough. And it's flying in first strike. I mean, most of the time people kill her, but. So oh, I think I can get an attack off before they do. Yeah, um, I mean she I don't know. I like the politics of her. I wish I wish she worked as a commander. That was one of my that was that was my original Boros she's commander. Too, she's there's, too there's costly. Sometimes where a commander is too good or too scary that it doesn't work because it just strikes fear. And she should just be in a deck. Yeah, so it just strikes fear. So okay, like that's kind of the do you have some other cards you want yeah, to go through? Yeah, I wanted to say a couple other cards. Okay. Um Sometimes there's some colors and cards that are just too good to pass up. And I feel that Defloid of the Front is one of them. For white. So puts X1 on white, token of the battle where X is the number of creatures on the battlefield. So if you're running behind and opponents have a lot more stuff than you, this is a good card to catch up with. I um, like that, Or if actually. you're already having an awesome game and you have a ton of crap too, this one can actually push you further in. I put it in the deck mostly because I don't want to. I don't want there's a moment where I don't want to fall behind, because in an attack deck strategy, I need to be ahead of people. Yeah, and even well, they're only one ones. Well, you know, with enough effects that can buff and do everything else, it's one ones can become bigger than that. And I would, there's kind of a rule in Magic or a kind of a almost like a ideology that I would rather have. Would you rather have a 10 10 or would you rather have 10 1 1s? And I think you'd rather have 10 1 1s. I'm with you on that. Um, the more you have, the merrier. Uh, another good card that I feel Fuck like most green, most, my, more, more, most green decks with creature strategy should have Stalevis Stampede and Commander is no, is the most no! ridiculous card I have ever read in my life. Uh, six mana, starting with you, each player votes wild or free. Reveal the top card to your library until you reveal a creature card for each wild vote and put a creature card from your hand in the battlefield for each uh, free vote. Uh, you may put that permanent from your hand in the battlefield for each free vote. So pretty much if you have a bunch of beasts, a bunch of badasses in your hand and everyone decides to pick free, you're just going to dump them out. Or if you pick wild, you're not going to just reveal cards. You're not just going to be like, it's not just reveal a certain amount of cards and hope you you're get lucky. It's revealing until you get, until you get something. So you can, and with a lot of these deadly cards in the deck, I mean, I do have some utility creatures, but, you know, I only really need to hit one or two. If I hit Gisela with this, man, I don't really care what else I land into. You know? I, or if I, let's say I have her in my hand and one sucker picks free and she comes out and I get lucky and I get, I don't know, that Stonehoof giant chieftain or whatever. I get Sheldred or... Dragon Lord Jamoka, then that's a problem. So these these Council's Dilemma cards, particularly the green one and the blue one that came from Conspiracy Take the Crown, like they, they are, are they are nasty. they are 
so nasty. Like they swing the game so hard in Commander. Like the more players, the better. Oh, yeah. The more, the better. I hate the blue one. Like the I haven't even seen the blue one cast. The green one when I first did, I was like, uh, I think I win. Yeah, you win. And then I think the next game I cast it. Yeah, again. we scooped. I think I win were, again because you were already well ahead with Saskia, and then it was like, uh, I don't, I don't think there's anything we can do to like stop Brad from just beating our asses in. Right. Uh, so I only have four cards left. Uh, these are cute cards. They're not really. I just put them in. They do kind of work with the strategy, but they're not really. I think I put them in because more because I like how they behave. Uh, actually, this card's a little different. This card's just good and green. It's lurking predators. Uh, when it, it's kind of another thing where whenever an opponent casts a spell, you get a benefit for it. Which you reveal the top player library if it's creature. You put it in the battlefield. Uh, in multiplayer games, opponents are casting spells a lot. You could potentially. If you get lucky, you could get a cre- you could probably get a couple creatures in our full rotation for free. And with a deck that's already pacing ahead of the other decks, like just by virtue of people trying to advance their game, they're advancing your fucking game. Yeah, I mean, even if they give you one of those good creatures, even if that creatures, if the creature's six mana, then you pay it paid for itself because it's only a six mana engine, right? And you're most likely going to get more than one creature out of it. Uh, Sunforger is really good. I think it came in the deck. Uh, it's an equipment that you can tutor up an instant with, four or less. Uh, I usually do it for the charms because if you need one, you can, and you can tutor up multiple instances. I've actually tutored a deflecting palm once, <laughs> and that was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> Conquerors flail. It might go. I like it. I put it in because it did come with the deck. Yeah, that, that one came with the deck. It's actually... The equipped creature gets plus one for each color of it uh, that you control. Well, Sasuke is already four colors, so even just her alone gets the full four benefits. So it actually get four four on that. But the reason you do it is because if it is attached, players can't cast spells in your turn. So you've got another Dramoka type Where, thing Yeah, on. you don't want people... And I might put more... Sp- I might switch out some guys to make sure that you can't cast on my turn. This card I put in because I feel that it's a good political card and it actually does work very well with my strategy and it's Mystic Barrier. When Mystic Barrier enters the battlefield, you choose a direction left or right. Each player may attack only the opponent seated uh, nearest him or her to the last chosen direction and Planeswalkers controlled by that player. There's a couple cards in Magic, I think, that actually deal with, like, seating arrangement, and this is one of them, and it was printed, I think, originally in the other Commanders. Yeah, it it might com- actually be a Commander original. It's, it's Commander 2013. This works really well because <clears throat> it stops somebody from... I mean, if I'm going to cast it, I'm going to be picking the direction where the person that might have a creature advantage over me can't attack me, or an equal creature, um, an equal creature level of me that they can't attack me. And it kind of is funny because if I pick a direction, I can still pick a chosen player of Saskia that might be across the table that is maybe four seats away from me. <laughs> but I technically can still attack them, which is really weird because um, you're kind of bypassing it. It's kind of bypassing someone else's pillow fort. I'm kind of making an own pillow fort and then actually I'm bypassing it. That's, a, that's actually really cool. Um, I want to see that played more often. I want to see I it usually, occur more I often. I usually don't 
pull at them. I wanted to, but because <clears throat> it's like a, it's a strange form of if you don't have vigilance, like you still have yourself kind of protected in a in a roundabout way. Right. Like so you if can you're still go sideways, but not have to worry about too much coming at you. Like if you're sitting next to Cody, he plays a lot of blue. I mean, it's not really going to attack you that much. I usually be like, oh, Cody's to my left. Well, I'm picking right, so we're all going to be attacking. You know, <laughs> in the direction of right. Well, Cody doesn't really have that many swingers. He's not going to be attacking to me, and whoever's on the right of me is going to be attacking the other person. They can't really attack me. Or I might, you know, pick the opposite direction if I am sitting at somebody. And, and just blow like, him oh, my God, Jeff has Eldrazi. <laughs> he's seated to my left. I'm definitely picking left, so he's going to keep going left and not my ass, <laughs> which I'll be swinging into him, but... He's gonna have to And Jeff's him. always gonna have Eldrazi, so And Jeff's always gonna attack them and he's always gonna be tapped down. I'm dumb joking. I don't know. <laughs> one thing whole... D's pure. He's, he's, he's a pure he animal. Is pure. Like every every deck is, is, a, is an Eldrazi tribal he deck. He is a for very, 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 <laughs> for, very for pure beast. <laughs> he I will say that, man. He no, is he has he has no guile and he has no shame either. Like he's just He'll end you. Which is funny because his best deck is a deck that we keep saying is his best deck, and it has nothing to do with Eldrazi. Yeah, it's his Lazav deck that he just takes other people's stuff. That's a strategy, man. Take take other people's stuff. It works. It works well. So how do you feel about playing Saskia? Like, you've had a while with that deck. Uh, I feel there's probably about five cards I might cut. Uh, Zergo can probably go... I've never had a good experience with a frontline medic. Um, Skitherinks is a test. But you like uh, you enjoy it when you play the deck. Like overall, you sit down, you play, like yeah, I'm blasting people in the ass and cleaving them all all in half. Yeah, I feel I feel that the most I feel like the quickest I've ever cut a game. Well, okay, I think the fastest games I've had is with the decks. Is with this deck more frequently not the fastest game. That that that's another fucking deck. <laughs> uh, which I was gonna do that one, but I don't. I it was kind of like I don't know. <laughs> I wanted. We'll to do talk about it another day. One, but uh, I feel aggro wise. I think it's. I think they. I think she's the best aggro commander. She's easily the best aggro commander. She's. I. I like. They made it viable. Exactly because I've done a lot of like I want to attack you with Boros type decks and. They don't hold a candle to Saskia. I don't think there's anything straight up Boros that works for it. Mardu, I don't. It's hard there to. There's not enough. It's just like, but you know, a ramping color. You have black. You can draw, but I yeah. think if I had to fix my deck, I think I'd put a little more draw elements in, a little more. Uh, I mean, there's tutoring effects, but. <laughs> In the end, you've, I- got, you've got you've got Saskia like coming out here like Molly Ringwald with her band of misfits, just fucking. I things could see up. getting rid of the Skitherinks and just putting in like a Phyrexian Arena, you know, another ninety sixty forty card. I like that. If you're playing but black, you need Phyrexian. There's some cards that I'm like, kind of, eh, I might actually just put some in because I had to pull them out for somebody else. Is it the most honed deck I have? No. So, but uh, I feel I feel that what she does and she does it very well. If you want to attack, I feel like for the colors you're getting, for her cost, I think that it's probably the best option. I for mass attacking, I'm trying to think of anyone else. 
Yeah, she 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 does well, dude. I like I've enjoyed playing against it. It scares the shit out of me every time you play the deck. I just not like Rakdos. Though. Oh yeah, Rakdos is a whole different story. Uh, so something I want to talk about some other time, Brad, is I want to kind of talk about like budget deck building because I think of everybody in our meta. Like you're you're the most. I'm the, I'm the poor guy. You're the most creative yeah, when it comes to that to, because you money, dude. Well, because I just think like. I think it's opened up a whole new set of creativity that you have with with building decks that Andy and I kind of don't. We're just like, mm. uh, I think you guys are creative. I think I think the prime example would be Jeff because Jeff doesn't have a budget, um, and he usually Jeff he's, he's dropped. I can't even like he's dropped just so much big dollars on cards. Like I think he owns like three Caverns of Souls, oh. and it's like Caverns Soul. Wow, that's an awesome card, but. In my book, it's not needed. It's good to have. Um, but I think it's kind of weird that Jeff has no budget, but his decks tend to run the same direction. I mean, yeah, because he's how always, fast can you artifact ramp and Eldrazi out? Yeah, and it's, I don't know. It's he, not, and it's, I mean, <laughs> it's not really creative. No. It's it's effective. But it's not really creative. He's, he Jeff some, is more of an effective player he, than a creative player. He does exactly. I think I think what he does is he finds like he finds his niche. He seems to kind of net deck pretty hard. Um and then he just comes to play yeah, table and plays. And I don't like net decking. I'm actually against it. <laughs> that was one of my biggest um concerns about getting into magic in general is like Remember when we first, like, well, you do, let's look on the internet and see if what other people, I don't really want to look at the internet. That's kind of, see, and that's, in and my I think, book, is cheating. It's like, I don't want to take other ideas, but then you kind of get over it. Yeah, because well, there's some there. stuff that you just don't or know. You know, there's some stuff that you, I mean, there's over what? There's, there's, there's tens of thousands of cards. Like, yeah, there's, or in just, there's tens of thousands of range. There's just, I mean, sometimes you just don't know a card, you know, and sometimes you do know a card. And some, there's some arcane cards out there that are older that are, god damn, they're good. And sometimes there's arcane cards out there that are really bad. And sometimes there's new cards that are really freaking broken. And, you know, yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Like, there's just, an ass load of cards out there. There's part of me that's wanting to know how many actual magic cards are out there. But I don't like that. I don't like looking at other people. I like getting suggestions. Like, okay, maybe a certain effect or a certain this. But I think I think um, I don't like looking at some guy's list and taking the list. Yeah, I think you know. I think Andy like, and I different. kind of that's kind of go with like he and I tend to look at EDH rec and kind of see like what are what I do are, too. What are some of the cards people are using? But what we've kind of come to the conclusion is the EDH rec doesn't tell you what they're doing with those cards, and they're not telling you how they're. There's performing. kind of a player knowledge when you like, look at it. Like, you you got to see why they're there. But some I, I I love Jeff. He's a great guy. He's fun to play Magic with. But I he's not as obsessed as the game is. He's not obsessed with the game like me, or doesn't take as much thinking time about it like I do. Sure. Where I know that. Sometimes he looks at stuff and then he'll might order a card, but he doesn't really truly understand the gravity of the card or the effect of it. Right. Well, there have been a couple and times that he sat down and played something and not realized that he's just set up a combo. Like, yeah, or he's played something and it's like, um, hey, dude, that's not allowed in our group. We kind of don't do mass land destruction. 
oh, can we ignore that effect? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, then why do you? We'll play ignore the card? it now, but like, just take it out. Like, you can't cast a card for half of its effect. And right. That's kind of insulting to the card. You know? <laughs> right, but and it's a waste of space for it's your part. It's a waste part. of space, which is I don't know. this episode by the artist home resting state is the album track number 12 we'll put a link in the episode notes check him out his beats are dope also special thanks to brad pinkston for joining and laying out his saskia deck for us all to see and know how to use we'll put a link in the episode notes for you to look at that deck seriously the guy knows how to beat you down so check it out